Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Yes, we would all do very well to learn from the blind man who sat by the side of the road. In fact, you've been learning about this blind man since you were a child. Most often with that song that gets stuck in our head that I will not sing for you now. But you've been learning about blind Bartimaeus. And there were other accounts. In fact, Matthew and Mark uh, account for this as well as Luke. And there was, in those accounts, another man who was with him. So from here on out, I'll tell you, there was not just one blind man. There were two, at least. But there was with them a beautiful faith. A faith that the Lord hears from their cries. It was a faith to call out for Jesus for mercy. To see Jesus, even without eyes that can see as the one who was God's anointed, to follow in the lineage of David, to bring about the victory for God's people. Victory over sin, death, and the power of the devil. So though they may have been blind by their eyes, they were not blind in their hearts. That is why the church includes these passages right before the reading for blind Bartimaeus. The passage which Jesus again foretells of his death and resurrection. He tells his disciples that he is going to be betrayed into the hands of the Gentiles, mocked and spit upon, flogged, and then he's going to die. He's going to be crucified. And then he shall rise again. You know, I doubt that they could have understood those things just as the text says they could not. They probably couldn't even get past those words that after flogging they will kill him. They couldn't bring themselves to accept that reality. Somebody as loving and compassionate as Christ could ever be mocked and spit upon and flogged and then killed, that that was beyond their comprehension. Even though the prophets foretold it. To hear that he would be raised on the third day. It didn't even sink in until after he was raised. In which case he tells them that that had to have happened. The disciples are more or less the blind ones in our text today. These things were hidden from them. They could not understand them. Though they weren't blind in their eyes, they could not see the perfect image of Christ's love by the way of his sacrifice. Jesus' words were these, John chapter 15, Greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. But what the disciples could not understand, these poor blind beggars get. The blind man didn't need to have the eyes to see that the man coming down the road was the man from whom mercy would flow out of. They didn't need eyes to see because they had words. And that's how we come to know God's grace and mercy. It's by his word, not by what our eyes see. We need ears to hear. For faith comes to us by hearing the words of Christ. They had the prophetic word. 
They had the very word that Jesus was going to go to fulfill in Jerusalem and being nailed to the cross outside of Jerusalem. They hear Jesus of Nazareth is coming, a man attested by mighty works and words, the Son of Man, the Son of God. And though they could not regularly seek out Christ or find him without a guide there, still they hear that he is coming near. Though they're not on the way quite yet, following behind him, they cry out. Maybe he will stop on the side of the way. They cry out, Son of David, Lord, have mercy on us. They petition him, just as you and I would do in prayer. They say louder, louder, Lord, Son of David, have mercy on us. It was so loud and quite annoying that it stirred up the people so that those who were trying to hide them behind, keep them out of sight, become irritated. They start to rebuke them, saying, don't cry out to this man. Stop it. Be silent. But they didn't. They kept crying out, persistent, enough to bother that crowd. If you see that it wasn't the nature of these people to put forward the poor and the needy, the beggars. They considered them a hindrance. The people didn't put these poor men out in front to be noticed and cared for by Jesus. They stood in front of them. Even if they did have eyes to see, they would have been hidden just like little children. The crowd was embarrassed by their presence. They were beggars, useless hindrances to society. And that present crowd, they rebuked those two men for their cries. But I tell you that we should listen to them. We should consider the faith of those beggars. Because what did they do when they were rebuked? They didn't begin to shift their focus to the people who were rebuking them. They kept their heart on the prize which was to receive Christ and his mercy. So they cried out louder. But there were people there trying to crush their spirits to keep them hopeless. But they cried out louder. But their souls weren't crushed. They weren't driven to despair. They petitioned Jesus, Lord, have mercy. You see, that's where we often go wrong. We let people crush our spirits. We let people take away the hope that we have in Jesus. We let the darkness of the world surround us so much that we feel hopeless in the midst of it all. And last night, I must have woke up a number of times praying for the people in Russia and Ukraine. I could not get them out of my mind. Because yesterday, we received word that the churches are still having services. That Christians were meeting in subways and singing praises to God, even in the midst of bombshells dropping on them. They're not going to be silent. The church doesn't know how to be silent because the church has the gospel. The church knows where to find mercy, and it's in Christ. It's not in the power of man, some government, soldiers, strength of weapons. 
We have mercy in Christ who dies in sacrifice for us. We have a God whom people are crying out to to rescue them, to grant them mercy. Because in such a time, God has permitted this tragedy to befall these people. But they do not give up hope. They're not going to allow the terrors of men, greed and power to corrupt their hearts. Even though I'm sure the Russians would rebuke these Christians, tell them to be silent, they're not going to be. And the glory of God's name is not going to be hidden in the darkness of the terrors that they are going to suffer. His mercy is not going to be lost to those children of God who right now are beggars. Beggars before the Lord. Because that is who receives the mercy of God. The blind beggars receive God's mercy. They confess that Jesus is the Messiah in the midst of people who would tell them to be quiet. But faith cannot be so easily broken. It cannot. It cannot be broken by those who despise, rebuke, for theirs is a false faith. But the true faith cries out to Jesus even more and becomes more resolved and cries out louder and louder, and there Jesus stops. He stops and he calls them to come near. I was reminded of Peter's words in his first epistle. He says, In this you rejoice, though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been grieved by various trials, so that the tested genuineness of your faith, more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Though you have not seen him, you love him. Though you do not now see him, you believe in him and rejoice with joy that is inexpressible and filled with glory, obtaining the outcome of your faith, the salvation of your souls. That's what happened. The tested genuineness of their faith was brought forth and it resulted in the praise and the glory of Christ. For all the people that once rebuked those two beggars now respond with glory and praise to God when he heals them. What are we afraid of? What is your timid heart afraid of so that you refuse to pray to God? To ask, are you afraid what others might think of you? Are you struggling to believe that God would stop and hear your lowly prayer? Do you consider yourself to be poor, insignificant, like a beggar on the side of the road nobody wants to show mercy to? One from whom people try to hide themselves? Well, take heart. Because those are the ones whom God shows mercy to. And that's what I like from this parallel account in Mark's gospel. Listen to these words. Jesus stopped and said, call him. And they called the blind man saying to him, take heart, get up. He's calling you. 
So whose voice are you going to listen to in this life? Are you going to listen to the crowd of voices that is trying to oppress that prayer, stifle it? You're going to listen to the voice of the devil that would have you turn away from it. Are you going to even listen to your own heart that might say that my sin is too great? I've done too many bad things. Or are you going to listen to Jesus? Are you going to hear those other Christians come alongside you and say, take heart, get up. He's calling you. Christ calls us to himself in order to show us his mercy. He wishes for us to be near him, to partake of the joy and the peace that he can only give. Jesus was on his way to go to Jerusalem to die, but he stopped because these men weren't insignificant beggars by the side of the road. But they were his children, the ones who call out, who believe in him. And Jesus gave them much more than they asked for. He gave them the forgiveness of their sins. He gave them salvation. And he gave them eyes to see their Lord and Savior. And after that, where did they go? But they followed Jesus on the way. Consider that in your life. You're in the midst of a church, and I'm sure there's people that you've had beef with, people that you haven't always got along with, people that much more resembled the crowd than those who say, take heart, get up. But in the end, Bartimaeus did not go his own way. But he walked with those people who once rebuked him. Because they saw the glory of God in mercy. They stopped being those loud clanging symbols. The ones just filled with knowledge. They saw Jesus love. And so then they loved. God can change the hearts of even the most stubborn men and women among us. By the power of his word and the compassion that he shares through his suffering and death. And so while we pray for those who are in Ukraine and Russia, the Christians who are going to be suffering under this, the innocents whose lives will be shed for power and greed, we also pray for the enemies, for those who are doing what is wrong, that the Lord would change their hearts, bring them to repentance, so that they might share in the praise and the glory and the singing of his church. We ask this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Now may the peace of God, which surpasses all our understanding, guard and keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus, our Lord.